Welcome data enthusiasts. My name is Joseph of Zuma Recruitment, the consultancy focused 100% on data professionals in and around the Berlin region. And this is our podcast, Data for Good, connecting you with all things data. Today, we are joined by Miro Atti. He is head of BI at Helpling. Helpling is a Berlin-based startup that's grown to over 200 employees in 10 different markets across the globe. And their offering is a cleaning and home services platform used by thousands of customers worldwide. Miro, how's it going today? I'm doing very well, thank you. And thanks for uh, having me here. Very welcome. How was the introduction? I think it was uh, great, uh, exactly what I was uh, expecting. Good, good to hear it, good to hear it. Um, and today, Miro, uh, I understand you'd like to talk about a topic which is significant to me as well, actually, and that is getting your customers to care about metrics or more specifically, how BI teams can get can best align themselves with their stakeholders. Yeah, exactly, right? So a lot of the things I wanna talk about kind of seem very obvious when, when I say them out loud, right? But it took me like years and years to figure out how we can actually, uh, you know, be as useful as possible as a team, right? So I kind of wanna share what I learned over, over these years too. To first get uh, people to actually understand the data that we're providing and understand the insights and actually act on them, right? So how we can get them aligned, but also how we can get ourselves aligned Super, super. So we can actually uh, build something useful for them. Fantastic. Okay, well, let's get into it then. Could you introduce sure. the, the, the whole realm that we're going into, how BI teams can best align themselves with their stakeholders? Please introduce the topic and, and also why it's so important to you as a, a BI leader. Right. So, I mean, when I started uh, being the head of the team, right, I had this mindset very much that like, if the data is out there somewhere in some dashboard out of the you know hundreds of dashboards that we have, people would obviously find the data and use it exactly in the right way, right? And then if people were doing something that in my view was like against what the data was saying, I was like, how come people are this stupid? You know, like, don't they know that in this report of like, XYZ on page 103, it's explained that actually this is how it works, right? Um, so people were really, even though kind of the data was somehow available, and we were somehow doing our job, we did not actually provide the insights in such a way that was actually useful to the people, right? And also not only that, it was also like, even when people were using the data in the right way, it was very, kind of time consuming for them, right? Because they actually had to do a lot of the analyst job themselves where you would you know, be the country manager of Germany and you'd have to check you know, 20 different reports each morning, kind of get mm. understanding where your, your business is going, right? So- And, 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 also to, and also to work out whether they are the best reports to be looking at. A lot of assumptions are made between those technical data professionals and stakeholders across operations and sales and finance we just assume they're looking at the right data at the right time yeah that's exactly correct right i mean you're looking at 20 different things with 
without proper guidance and you know having to go everywhere you're not you're not going to be looking at the right things right and maybe if you're very like some people might be looking at the right thing for right topic right but maybe someone else is looking at the same topic and looking at it from a different angle and then maybe getting the right insights right so yeah very much so i think it was like the mindset that we had of like just put the data out there and like if per someone asks for the data just put it out there i think this mindset actually led us not really doing our job as you know analysts but actually kind of offboarding a big chunk of it and doing just like the first half of it, which is still important of getting the data available, right? But not, mm, not, mm. not the full job. So it, it seems like there's a disconnect and something is broken. When I think of other businesses and other analysts, be it product analysts, marketing analysts, pricing analysts that we and data analysts that we might work with, perhaps they they too are making these assumptions. So where's this breakdown do you think how and why is it being I, done incorrectly i mean i think um it's like two two parts right um one is like kind of lack of communication between the analyst and the stakeholders which we definitely had right but then the other part which is kind of more difficult one where kind of i've tried to develop these different tools to do it is like not just the quantity of communication because we're still talking a lot to marketing for example but it's like the quality of the communication right so how do you actually make sure that you're talking to the right people about the right things right and it's not just about talking to them right but how do you kind of build this whole communication infrastructure between uh, you and the stakeholders to make sure that you actually end up getting on the same page mm -hmm. so do, do you have then a this infrastructure or a structure uh, or even a, a process for figuring out how to best communicate uh, information so that analysts are preparing the data that's useful, but also the stakeholders are using that useful information? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of steps to it, right? I mean, I think the... The first thing we we wanted to do is kind of first of all make sure that people have like an ongoing conversation, right? So what we what we did in our team is like we basically decided that each person working in the team has like their own set of customers that they completely own, right? And then the idea being, right, you almost as an analyst, you start thinking yourself as a member of that team, right? So for example, you could say, we have one person who is, uh, you know, the analyst for German operations, and then this person is really talking to German operations all day, right? We're a small team, so each person in the team has to have like portfolio of these, right? The more people we have, the more it goes one-on-one -on -one between the, the stakeholder team and the analyst, right? Now we have a portfolio of, you know, owning, let's say German operations and uh, one of the development teams, for mm. example, and then another person could own finance and maybe part of marketing, for example, right? Mm. So once you have this kind of thing, then you have this, start having this ongoing conversation, right? Um, which helps a lot already to kind of develop this understanding, right? Because if you don't do it, if you have like a thing where, you know, tasks come in and different people work 
kind of on different areas, then you don't develop this deep understanding and also this understanding both ways, uh, which helps kind of both of them to understand, right? And then you can use this relationship both to explain things and to kind of know where the business is going and what the problems are to start kind of putting things in the right place, right? Mm. And kind of... So, sorry. Yeah, go on. I, I was going to say, um, so in summary of those two points, you embed yourself, for want of a, a better term, you embed yourself in that team, you fully understand your team and the nuances of that team or department, because the German operation team is different from the Japanese operation team, or it's different from the German sales team. So you embed yourself, study it, understand it, think how that team thinks, and then comes an ongoing relationship and conversations that come um, to to better align yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's not just like it's not just about you know the teams are different, have different needs. It's also just like like one another tool, which is what you can have after you have this relationship, which I very much believe in, is like with all the people who you are working closely with, you should have this regular at least. Uh, once a month, maybe uh, every two weeks, this one-to-one -one meeting, right? Where it's just the two of you, right? And then you just like discuss things, right? And also this thing kind of helps you very much uh, get on the same page, right? Because you can use this as an opportunity, for example, to explain what you have done or explain why it is important. Mm -hmm. And also then, again, talk about problems. Does your team do that then? So do they have these one-to-one -one catch ups and and maybe a checklist that they go through? You know, I generated this report and this report. You know, what about this report was useful for you? And would you like me to visualize the information differently? Is there a checklist that perhaps they go for go through, or is it more more informal? It's it's generally like more informal, right? Uh, and actually, we don't want to. We don't want to use even use these one-on-ones uh, as a tool to kind of discuss like ongoing work. It's more about discussing like, okay, what are the current problems and what we could be doing in the future, right? And then for like ongoing work, again, this sounds like the most uh, obvious thing in retrospect, right? But it wasn't, right? What we try to do is we really try to like build things very much like iteratively, right? So we try to think, okay, like we're working on this topic what is the kind of the biggest three insights that we can get out of this topic right and then we kind of build that and then we already go to the people and we you know start talking to them about these insights right and then usually what they say is okay like these insights like maybe they are useful but actually i need to break it down you know like if you're analyzing the missed call rate right and then it's like okay maybe it's useful but actually i need to break it down by uh, whether the caller was uh, from the customer or the household side or the provider side, for example. And then you kind of very much iteratively build everything together. So you very much, because also the problem was earlier on, if you build something, you throw it out there, right? It's also like maybe people don't care about it. Maybe it's also hard to criticize at that point because it's like so much to consume. And also if people actually then suggest something that would make it more insightful it's very 
expensive to rework the whole thing, right? Mm. Whereas something very simple is easier to, to rework, right? Like mm. all the good complex things actually come from uh, building simple things step by step. I see, I see. I, I wonder if ego comes into it. You, you build a tool and you want it to be really successful. And, you know, there's a cost, a financial cost for having to bring that down and change it. Is there another another reason why analysts wouldn't bring it down and wouldn't change it because it, it must work because I've made it and I believe it to be true? Yeah, I mean, I'm very much, uh, we try to not have this mindset, right? I mean, something we always keep in mind, which is why I think actually this, alignment thing is so important, right? Even though it's kind of fluffy, right? It's like, if you look at the things we've done, right? For example, uh, like let's take dashboards, right? Because that's one big thing that we're building in the BI team, right? You take a look at all the dashboards we have built, right? There's like five dashboards that have like, you know, tons of people using them every day, right? Then we have a bunch of dashboards, which are like, some people are using them every day. And then we have some, which, actually no one is using, even if they were built correctly in this iterative process, then later on they don't end up being useful, right? Hmm. So what, like I very much realize, you can, like you can see the curve of like usage of the different dashboards and you can see actually it's like the same kind of Pareto thing where you have like 80% of the value that you're creating comes from 10% of your efforts, right? So the, the kind of the idea is, how do you work on the right things so you can extend this 10% to to be more closer to to you know 50% mm. and aligning is a tool for that right so we're very cognizant that not everything we do always brings value but obviously we do believe that enough of stuff that we do brings value right we also okay. like regularly what we want to do is like delete things and rework things also helps us to keep this mindset that not everything is useful just because we made it. Yeah. So you're talking about believing if something is useful. And I should imagine that's about understanding if you, your stakeholders are really connecting with, with this information or with this uh, visualization tool. How, how do you understand if your customers are, are connecting with the information and, and using these metrics or these KPIs? Yeah. I think that's that's a very good question, right? I mean, part of it comes from from what I already explained, right? So in the one-on-one -on -one meetings and in the feedback you get while building it, right? Because normally, if people are not getting it, then they will, you know, tell you so if you directly ask for feedback, right? Uh, then the other thing, which I kind of alluded to um, just a minute ago, is we try to track the usage of, of the things we are doing, right? I mean, obviously if you pro provide an insight, right? And you say, okay, I analyzed this and you know, I, I provided this insight, then it's harder to track usage. Although we're also trying to do that. Uh, but let me first talk about normal usage. So normal usage is, you know, we have dashboards in Tableau. We actually see how many people are using them. You know, so this, I know who is supposed to be using this dashboard if I see them using it every day. I think that's a pretty good sign of them connecting to it, mm -hmm. right? The other part of it is more kind of abstract, but what we really try to do now is ask, okay, actually did this insight that we provided lead to any action, right? 
and then you know if you can find a tangible action that you know we actually did differently we changed the product we changed the website we changed the customer service because of an insight then that's clear that people are kind of connecting with it right because they actually did something with it and that's something kind of the mindset i want to have in the team obviously that it's only valuable what we're doing when it leads to this kind of impact right so when we're doing like performance reviews in the team right one part of the performance reviews is like what in the last quarter, can you name actually five different things uh, where your insight actually led to a tangible impact, right? And ideally, you should even be able to put a monetary value to it, but that's often very, very difficult mm. to do. So what, can you repeat that for me, please? Name five things where, can you repeat that for me, please? Yeah, so name five things where uh, an insight that you provided or a report or a dashboard or whatever led to a concrete uh, impact on the business, right? So something was done differently because of this. And then ideally try to provide a monetary value for that. Fantastic. So that's about attempting or trying to get return on investment from the, the data that you're creating. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Or at least benefiting the uh, teams within the organization that you're providing this yeah. data for. How, how about if you have a really commercially minded analyst and they get it, they get their operational area that they're serving and they've created uh, this report and they know, or even you as the leader, you know that this information will be valuable to the organization, but they're not using it or they're not getting any value from it. What What's the process then that can follow for them to actually uh, realize great value from this data? Right. So, I mean, I think there's one part of this, it just kind of because you need to do two things. One is understand the data, provide the insight, right? And then the other part is, which I would never think is part of this job, is kind of persuasion, right? And persuasion is often like clear communication, right? Because in the end, if you have an insight that truly, truly drives business value and people are not uh, acting on it, why would they not act on it? Why would you not act on something that will bring you more money, right? Mm. The only reason has to be either you're not able to or you actually don't understand, right? Mm. So, I mean, we're really trying to do... Yeah. I, I'm also thinking um, we are creatures of habit. And if we, all of us, right? So if we see something working successfully, we want to keep doing that thing successfully. And maybe we don't want to try another way that will reveal more success for us. So that, that's yeah. potentially what you're up against, even though you realize uh, that this would be uh, valuable and, and gain return on investment. Perhaps they don't because of those habits. Yeah. I mean, I try, uh, so there's many ways, right? But I think a lot of it is still comes down to trying to communicate things clearly, right? And a lot of it, it's like, 
it's it's hard to do and we're not doing it perfectly right but often if something is really valuable and you know it's valuable and you see it in the data right you need to kind of repeat yourself right and we have like kind of different forums that we use to kind of repeat ourselves right so one is obviously talking to these stakeholders right the other thing is what i also want to do is not just have this your one single stakeholder uh, aware of what you did right but i want to make the whole organization aware of it right because that also often drives understanding right because mm -hmm. if the german person knows about it but then also the italian operations manager know about it then they can you know talk about it right so one thing we do which is quite nice which we started during COVID, is we have this like organization-wide uh, data newsletter that we send uh, out each Friday where we basically kind of summarize what we did and what were the main findings and the main insights, right? And there again, if you communicate things uh, clearly, then often you kind of manage to build consensus around it, right? Then the other thing is like, um, which you you hate to do, right? But it's like, is repeating yourself and like actually often like the most valuable data is not the new thing that you did this week even though it always feels like this, this is what i did this week so this is what's valuable right but actually often it's just like going back and telling people uh let's look at this data again right like we still have this uh problem we did an analysis it showed that it's causing churn uh, here we are a couple of months later, we didn't actually solve it. So it's still here. Let's look at the data again. It's still going on. It has still, you know, caused this many more customers to churn in the meanwhile, right? So I try to, you know, often bring this up, right? I often try to use, you know, Slack to do it, you know, talk to people in different channels about it and then also use the this nice data newsletter that we have, right? Always have a section for mm. data that is not new, but you still need to be looking at it. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah i i really like the newsletter idea i think it's um a great way of showing success stories for uh you know for other departments or other regions if something's working uh well in germany it it, it might not work well in japan or, or any other country but it could do so it's an idea that can be uh replicated elsewhere and it's also a better way to create this better connection with between data and operational departments that which is often link uh, which is often missing many of the people that we have on these podcasts they want to talk about uh communication breakdowns and how to better leverage relationships across the organization and, and i think a newsletter is a an, an ambient way of doing so so yeah that's a great idea yeah, I, I, I really, uh, I was really happy that I came up with it, just, just to mention it. And like, I think also just one more thing that I want to mention about it, which is like one thing also of getting through to people and communicating, like different people communicate, uh, like consume information in very different ways, right? So for, for some people, really, if you write things down, that's when they get it, you know, because they have the time to to digest it, right? Some people, other people don't really consuming information that way you know instead you have to like you know go to their their desk or you know their virtual desk and you know like bang the hammer and say look at this uh, and that's what maybe the one-on-one meetings are more more useful yeah for. yeah well well that that's also recognizing 
learning traits. I think every human is a little bit different, but we all, you know, we all take things in. I think the topic is around multiple intelligences and, and how we receive information and, and uh, are able to keep it in memory. You know, some people it's audio, some people it's visual, some people it's maybe reading it. Uh, so yeah, um, attacking the issue from lots of di different directions is is a, a good way. Uh, a good way. Yeah, to that's actually it. something we're we're also like doing now, which also I didn't realize in the beginning because before I had the mindset, right? If the data is there, people are gonna use it, right? But it's like actually like big part of like if you're doing dashboards, you have to think like UI and like the user experience and how you do the the user experience in such a way that people actually get it right and one thing i actually realized that we're now doing again which sounds like sounds useless but it's so useful is uh, you actually sometimes need to present the same information in various different ways right and then like the different people can you know process the same information from different dashboards in a way that actually helps them understand it the best right mm. because some people are very much they just want to see a table of numbers and if you see the numbers there you see the number okay process it right away right most people more like some people are more visual or or you know or, or they respond better to uh, a text format you know providing evidence yeah. through a story whereas some people like you say are much more data they just want to see the numbers and they can connect with that. Yeah, I, I recognize that for sure. I wonder if um, if you have some trigger somehow to make your customers accountable for the, the metric success. Do you or, or should you yeah. do that? Do you think that's important to do? Yeah, I mean, I try, right? Like, so, I mean, one part of it is Okay, if you're really connecting with with the reports, right, you should be able to start steering the the you know the KPIs, right? And it's like that's the beauty because we have a small team, right? So this means we work kind of with with the whole organization from from top to bottom, right? And like obviously, it's not our job to necessarily set the targets uh, for for you know the country managers, right? That's the job of the CEO. But it is our job definitely to help the CEO to make the country managers feel, you know, the KPIs and feel the targets and feel that they are, you know, accountable for them, right? So, I mean, one thing which was, again, something that my, uh, you know, my boss, the CEO told me, you know, for years, somehow it just, you know, passed through my head is like, when you show people the data, if you don't show explicit targets, they are not going to connect with it in the same way, mm. right? Like the targets need to always be kind of present, right? I always, I had this kind of mindset that people remember their targets, right? They remember I have a target for this, I have a target for that, I have a target for that, right? But people actually don't, right? Like the more explicit information is the better, right? So, so you're saying trying... people don't remember the targets? I, I think people, like if you have targets for 10 different KPIs, you're not going to remember it. Got it, got it. Uh, and like, so what, it's, what, it's again, what they remember, like... 
would, would they remember where they are or, or would they recognize where they are at with individual targets? I mean, I think to a degree, right? But it's like, it's again, like kind of, if you think of like, what is business intelligence? It's like, you're trying to, you know, process information and make it usable for people in the end, right? Like under, take, take, you know, data and make it into information, right? If you, you know, the more you rely on people to do on their own, whether it's to remember their targets or look at the right reports, remember which reports to look at, you know, the more you're asking them to do, the less you're actually processing the information, right? And the less valuable you are as a, as a, as a, you know, analyst, right? So, so definitely part of it is uh, making uh, them accountable just by showing, showing the targets and making it explicit, right? But then also it's like, it's not just that, it's also somehow our role, since we are the ones looking at the data to also like bring the KPIs to the conversations that people are having and make sure that they stay top of mind, right? Mm. Uh, where they stand, right? So, so mm. again, what I try to do is like each team when they have like their Slack channels, I also try to send data like with bots to the Slack channels and not just you know, so then they don't have to, you know, actively go looking for the information, but they just can be passively wait for the information to be sent to them. Uh, and this is like pretty nice. And, and uh, usually uh, this should spark a conversation if it's, you know, mm. uh, if people are connecting with this KPI and if they're not reaching their targets, for example, right? So do you have a, a, a template or a step-by-step criteria that other leaders in, in either head of or team leader positions they might follow to to achieve the same results it sounds like um using slack uh, uh activities is is part of that but do you have other steps that you follow or a template even um yeah i mean the template is more abstract right because kind of all this all these things in the end are like things where you try all the various ways to make the data, you know, as easy to consume as possible and bring it to the people, right? But I mean, in the end, what it comes down to is like, understand the needs, you know, throughout the organization, right? Process the information into insights. And then, you know, once you have the insights, the understanding, you know, the inside makes sense, uh, and you have iterated over it. Then it's just like a matter of, uh, you know, using your various touch points to to bring it forward, right? Mm-hmm. So then, this this may then... be too abstract. Uh, but... No, no, it, it's more holistic. It, it's more high level. It, you, you're saying there's another process that follows and we talked about that earlier so you understand the business need you translate that into insights you bring the insights forward but the other step is what we talked about getting your stakeholders to connect with this information and use it and for it to be valuable to them yeah so i mean the reason also why it's kind of uh holistic and abstract right because like i mentioned kind of a bunch of these tools that we're using, right? But also often there is no one right way to make people understand and connect with the data, right? It's it's like always the function of the person you're communicating with because in the end it's the communication, right? 
the matter of the communication style and the relationship you have, and also the matter of kind of the data that you are trying to communicate, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are trying to communicate a sense of urgency about missing targets, then having this Slack bot might be the right way to do it, right? If you're trying to communicate a very hard to understand insights, then you need to have this personal personalized meeting, right? So it's kind of like the message is more, don't do this one particular set of things. It's like, have all these ideas available and then like try different things with different people until you find uh, something that connects. Mm, I like it. Mira, you are a BI or analytics leader. And I wonder in, in parting, um, what advice you might give to other leaders to get their teams, their data teams, to uh, do as we, we've described today, to better align themselves, to, to get their customers to better align themselves with the information that they're providing? Um, I think for me, like the big part uh, that was really difficult, right, which became before all these tools is adopting the right mindset, right? And the mindset really is, you know, if you're, if you are doing insights that you are happy with uh, and putting them out there, you're not doing your job. You're not processing the information enough, right? Kind of, you need to adopt the mindset, right? The data is like, it's a, it's a business unit, right? Everything else, right? So you really, the data is only valuable if it uh, is used in an action to drive the business forward, right? So everything needs to be around communicating it to drive action, right? So you, you know, like what is, what is the product that we're building here, right? What is, the, what is the output of the BI team, right? The output is not dashboard. The output is not insights. The output is in the end, good decisions, right? If you're not making people do good decisions, then you're not, providing your team is not providing any output then it's essentially worthless fantastic i shall take that um we've run out of time um there was a topic that that's um it's a bit left field it's particularly about your industry area and i sent you a link earlier today about the how ai is going to impact um um, domestic or home tasks and I think about the evolution of AI and home automation systems and IOT connected devices around the around the home now how do you think that will um, as an analytics professional and expert how do you think that's going to uh, impact the cleaning industry the home cleaning industry in the future is this something that the team are worried uh, about or think about even um, so, I mean, the way I see it, it's always hard to predict where this AI, uh, thing will go. Right. But, um, generally I think people, uh, in the past had a lot of this mindset where you first kind of automate man labor, and then you automate kind of knowledge job. And then in the end you automate creative jobs. Right. And now, uh, maybe it's going the other way around where you already have AI that can write poetry and make art kind of accounting, maybe one day. And actually stuff like cleaning is actually uh, the hardest thing to do because it's not only that you need to 
have intelligent AI, you also need to make like huge advances in, in robotics, right? So I would expect my job as a business intelligence uh, team lead and analyst to be automated by the AI before the, the, the cleaning jobs are automated. And actually my plan is once my job is automated by AI, I will become a, a cleaner myself. <laughs> Very good response. Excellent response. And, and not a data cleaner either. <laughs> no. Yeah. Once, but I think I think the uh, data cleaning uh, automation will also take a few years, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, already uh, a lot of my job, uh, like what I used to do, writing Python scripts, a lot of that can be done already with AI. So uh, it's happening bit by bit. It's happening, yeah, and it can even be done by um, um, non-tech professionals like myself now, or so I hear. But, yeah. Um, yes the the ai output is like 75 percent correct i would say so you still need human to check it mm -hmm. um, so there's still a little bit of role for that but yeah it'd be interesting to look back on conversations like these in in a few years time to see how far we've actually come but um... yeah i mean i think every time i'm uh, surprised by how fast this uh, AI stuff is moving forward. So uh, I think I will be surprised again. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, Miro, it is all we've got time for today. Thanks so much for sharing uh, your wisdom and uh, approaches to analytics and, uh, and the whole topic of connecting stakeholders to the information that your teams are providing. Fantastic insights for the data community. So really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, it was uh, really nice talking to you. Great stuff. Great stuff. And I implore anybody else from the Berlin data community, if they have any questions or views they want to share with us about this very topic, how they get their stakeholders to connect with their analytics, then um, post them on LinkedIn or ask either one of us directly. Much appreciated. Thanks, Miro. See you all next time. Thank you. Chat.